Hey everybody, it's your girl T. Before you listen to this episode, I just want to take the time to thank everybody that has messaged, that has commented, that has shared um, the last episode. Honestly, I have received so much feedback from the last episode. Um, I really and truly are. Um, I, I really and truly am overwhelmed with um, the amount of love I'm receiving. Thank you guys so much for supporting me. I often say support is my love language because uh, nothing nothing excites me. Nothing um, pushes me more than support. I want to thank you guys so much for believing in me and believing in my vision for sharing the podcast. I'm so glad it's blessing you. Um, I just never even imagined that it would go to where it's going. Uh, before you listen, um, I just want to ask if you can partner with me and please leave a comment or a review below um, it's just going to help us get more exposure not for my glory but obviously for the glory of the lord and help us get closer towards the podcast studio so um, if you can just partner with me and please leave a comment a review or a rating i would greatly appreciate it i hope this episode bless you the lord has been speaking and it blessed me thank you guys so much hey y'all what's up what is up with y'all how are you how is your wednesday going i hope it's going well how's the weather how's your life how's your walk with god we learned that in the last episode have you been reading your bible have you been in your word have you been praying did you die to self today for those that are joining us for the first time i would like to formally introduce myself my name is Teresa adjumang i'm 23 years old I live in Ottawa, Ontario, and I have a podcast. I'm a believer in Christ Jesus, and I would just like to share my beliefs, my thoughts, my opinions, and revelations with millennials of the world today. For those who are family, hey y'all, what's up? You already know it's your girl T back again with another episode of the hottest podcast out right now, Real Talk. Tell a friend to tell a friend that it is Real Talk Wednesday. Come on, screenshot this as you're listening. Go post it on your Instagram and tag me. Come on, let's go. Screenshot, post, tag. All right? Screenshot, post, tag. Let's go. Now, screenshot, post, tag. <laughs> screenshot, post, eh, eh. Screenshot, post, tag. Okay, I'm going to pause so you guys can do it. Go. Screenshot post tag at Teresa Ajmai. Um, <laughs> I'm nuts. But um, yeah, screenshot, post, and tag your girl because I mean, I feel like a lot of people can benefit from this episode. I feel like a lot of people can benefit from this podcast. And if it's blessing your life, why can't you bless somebody else's life? Sow a seed into someone today. That's what it's about. Screenshot, tag, post. No, that's not it. What is it? (laughs) It's screenshot, post, tag. Come on. Screenshot, post, tag. Um, okay. So if you actually follow me on Instagram, you know what our topic today is. And if you don't, it's on lust. Ding. Um, uh, (laughs) lust. Um, um, I'm so nervous to be honest, but nah, we gonna get into it. We will, we will talk about it and I will share with you what God has placed in my heart, what I've studied. The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge and God forbid we be a generation that is spiritually dead for the things that we don't know because of ignorance. So we, so we don't talk about it. Actually we are, um, but we gonna have to say a little prayer for grace cause I need it. I needs it. But without further ado, the spirit of lust. Let's talk about it. 
I refuse to believe that this is my fate as a woman. This cannot be it. I was not born to be a trophy wife. I'm talking about growth. It's a measure of me versus me yesterday versus me two days ago. Not a measure of me versus you. We're trying to raise women that understand that they can be classy, they can be beautiful, they can be petty, they can be smart, they can be knowledgeable, they can be independent. We are a new generation of women. We are not conformed or confined by everything that society has placed out for us. We're breaking out of the mold and creating something new for ourselves. We are Sassy and Safe Baby. All right, so today is obviously the first part of the series and I just want to lay the foundation about the spirit of lust, what it is, how it operates in a person's life, how it affects different people, just to get you thinking before we get into the deep, deep stuff. Um, God has been speaking to me honestly all week about this. He's been talking so, so much. I've studied, I've studied many of my favorite teachers. I've studied the word. I've studied using Bible dictionary. I've read commentaries and put all those thoughts together along with my personal revelations. That's how I study to share this with you. Um, so I really do hope it blesses you. Um, I hope I don't offend anybody. I hope I don't hurt anybody. Of course, if you have any questions, my socials are in the description box below and you can always holler at me. So, um, I just want to start with a prayer for grace cause I need it. Um, here we go. Mm. I lay out the red carpet. I usher you in. You are the guest of honor. My God, my King, I thank you for today. I thank you for a platform and opportunity to share that which you have deposited within me. The gifts, the knowledge, the wisdom that you have given me. Your word says, before you formed me in my mother's womb, you knew me. And you ordained me a prophet, or in this case, a teacher to the nations. I did not call myself. You called me. So God, I ask for your grace that as I embark on this journey with your people to teach them that which you have taught me in the secret place, to free their mind, to transform them, to equip them with the tools to navigate through life, that you will move through me. Let your spirit fill this place. Let your spirit be felt, not only here, God, but to everyone that is listening, whether they know you or they don't. Show yourself forth in their life. Confirm to them that indeed this is a divine encounter with you, a divine encounter with your word, a confirmation that you have given them the tools, the strength, and the ability to fight that which holds them back. Father, anoint my lips of clay. I have spent time studying and waiting on you. But forget the notes. Lord, I pray that your spirit will just fill me. May I say what you urge me to say. May I teach what you tell me to teach. I am but a vessel in your hands, a broken vessel. Father, on account of my obedience, on account of this episode, I pray that you will encounter someone today, that you will show yourself forth in their lives. May they experience not only your power, but your love. In Jesus' sweet and mighty name, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
All right. Ah, where should I start? Okay, um, I'm gonna start with um my journey with lust, I guess. Um, so um, so I think I shared with you guys previously that um I was like the good girl growing up, like in high school. I've always been somebody, even if you know me now, I have like an old soul. Like I'm one of those people that are older than their actual age. I may not look it. But I do feel like I look it now. So if you think I still look young, if you think I still look young, you're a hater. Anyways, um, I may not look it, but I'm one of those people that has an old soul. Like I've always acted, I guess, mature for my age. I always act older than than I actually am. Um, I've just yeah. So in high school, I was like over it. By the time I hit grade eleven, like I was sick. I was done with all these high school children. I was done with all their behavior because I wasn't like them. Like there was going to jams and stuff, and I was reading. <sighs> there was going to jams and stuff, and I was like reading and doing things. Like I don't know. I was just I was over it. Like high school was just not it for me. Like it was not it. <laughs> high school was not it. So um, yeah, I just I kept to myself. I was not really into that. So when people was like doing the whole sex thing and the whole getting together thing, like that was not even me. I was in my room every week. My parents are African and strict, so they didn't even let me go out like that. But it wasn't even a problem because I didn't even want to go out like that. Like my brother used to sneak out and get his thing on, but my my brother used to sneak out and and go to parties and do all that stuff. But that lust thing, it couldn't really touch me like that because like mm -mm, I was staying at home. I was over it. But first year was where the devil came out to play. So, um, I think I told y'all already that tired story about that guy that I was with in first year and that story is so tired. But before that guy, there was another guy. Trust me, first year was a mess. And this guy was Nigerian. I didn't have to say that, but I'm going to because you know Nigerian guys are dangerous. And, and this Nigerian guy was what we call a Yoruba demon. And he was Yoruba, so, like, that's it. He was a Yoruba demon. Um, I love everybody, but let's be real. But it was this Nigerian dude. And even the way that I met him was kind of weird. Like, um, it was not even one of those where, like, I like you, you like me, let's get together or let's talk. Like, it was literally one of those. He had a whole girlfriend, first of all. He had a whole girlfriend. They were in a long-distance relationship. But he was cheating on his girlfriend with my friend at the time. Um, I didn't have to say at the time either. Today I'm shady. Ooh, T-Y. Why? Who hurt you, girl? Anyways, <laughs> he was, he had a whole girlfriend. He was cheating on his girlfriend with my friend. And yeah, they was doing their thing and I was just trying to stay out of it, you know, and he and I were in the same program. So my friend was like, oh, can you help him with his schoolwork? And I was just like, girl, keep me out your mess. But whatever. I was like, you know, we in the same program. I'm all the way in Windsor. I ain't really got friends like that. I will help him. So we started studying together and things like that. Like it was not even one of those where I like you, you like me. I'm telling you, like we were just studying together, doing schoolwork together. That's it. And then homeboy, I want to come like he don't have a whole girlfriend that a whole girlfriend that he's cheating on with my friend. He wants to come add me to the mix and be like, oh, I like you. <sighs> I didn't even like him. Like, it's so crazy. I didn't even like him. But as soon as he said that he liked me, I started liking him. Do you guys know those ones? Mm, that was one of them situations. So, um, yeah, that's that's that was the beginning of the whole journey, because like he was all like, you know, 
just experience so <laughs> and um my little virgin self at that time so whatever we started as soon as he let me know that he um liked me we started talking and and chilling and i'm not going to define what chilling is for you but i know y'all are some smart and educated people you can inference what i mean by chilling we wasn't just sitting around talking like we was chilling okay so we started chilling but i remember i lost my virginity to the other guy so um it wasn't even one of those where we chilled, but like we was chilling. Use your imagination. Anyway, so that's where everything sort of started because he just introduced me to different things regarding his body and my body and the blah, 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 blah. And yeah, that's where like all of that lust sort of came in. So once that situation ended, um, because I didn't like him and the, the guy guy, the guy, um, came into the picture. I actually liked the guy and things started working with him. But because of the previous experience that I had with this Nigerian guy, I was obviously a lot more open, a lot more in tune with my sexuality and a lot more willing to try things with the guy. So that was basically where the whole lust journey started for me. That is the time in my life where I could pinpoint that, wow, lust is a real thing. It's coming after me because like a lot of the times, even in my relationship with the guy, like it would be me. Like you would think it's guys that always want it when you're in a relationship nah like obviously he wanted it too i told you on previous episode like we we did a lot of stuff we just we was having yeah (laughs) but um but a lot of the times it would be me i would be the one initiate like i would be like oh like it was so bad like i remember one time I i will never forget this day of my life I was sitting in my room scrolling on my computer looking for dogs because he was trying to buy a dog. Y'all know I love dogs. We was trying to buy a dog. I was scrolling on my computer looking through ads looking for a dog and he was at school. We lived together. You know the story. Go back and listen if you don't. Episode three. Um, we lived together. We, I was looking for dogs. He was at school and all of a sudden something just came over me and I just I just needed it. So I was like, what the heck? Like it was it was mad. Like I started, I was wearing like a full, like I was wearing like a sweater and pants. It was like late fall it was windy everything i took off my sweater i took off pants i went to go put on some little outfit in the house by myself like it was a mess i was real snatched back then so yeah that the outfit was cute anyways i was <laughs> put on this little outfit and sitting by myself i just ah it was so bad and then i knew what time he came for school i kept looking out the window waiting to see when he would come out for school waiting to see when he would come as soon as i saw him walking down the street i went to go sit in the living room with my fine little outfit he walked through the door he was like oh it's like that i was like yeah because nah y'all like it was real crazy like i just anything could trigger me like i could be in class and somebody would walk by and i would smell cologne y'all know cologne and I, right then like i would need it i would want it so i would just text him and like we would leave class and he would meet me and just get it on and just like that it was like it was mad like and i i i i wouldn't even have thought not that i knew anything about lust like that but even in the beginning even like before i actually researched i wouldn't even have thought it was lust because oh it's my man like it's not like i'm just having sex with anybody it's my man if i want it from my man i want it from my man right but but um nah you would be surprised you can be lustful in your relationship as well um but we'll talk about that eventually um even lustful with like your actual partner um but yeah we'll talk about that we'll talk about all those things but it it lust came after me like it was nuts like oh my god like uh i can't even anything would trigger me if i smell cologne if somebody like 
like the teacher could be teaching and say something that has like a sexual reference or with a double meaning and all like i'll have to get up out of class and go go if like there was one time like it was sunday morning we decided that we was gonna go to church that sunday we decided we like now we gonna go to church like we doing this because the night before we had a party we was drinking and smoking and everything we said we're going to church we got up we got ready i showered he showered we got ready we put on our good good church clothes we're waiting for the church bus to come get us tell me why waiting for the church bus something happened and we just had to just we took off all our clothes and we uh, we didn't make it to church and next time i had an exam y'all like i had an exam in first year an 8 30 exam as i was getting ready in the morning there was a trigger i missed my exam to sleep with my boyfriend like chat nah lust is dangerous i'm telling you lust came after me but yeah that's what i will point that my lust journey started it was bad it was bad it came for me lust came for me um yeah so that's when it started um after the guy if you know the story i got saved so there was like no in between i'm just you know anyways that was where my last journey started um it was real bad before i didn't know anything about no jesus so what well, i knew about jesus pastor family and all but i don't care about jesus so i was just having fun doing whatever yeah just yeah and then um after that i got saved but and i and i being ignorant thought that when i got saved i didn't have to deal with lust anymore and i'm trying to figure it out if i should tell you this story y'all see that prayer i just prayed <laughs> i said god don't let me follow my notes here we go be careful what you pray for okay um Oh man, I don't know if I should share this. Okay, I'm gonna share this just because it probably will help someone. Anyway, so after I got saved, when I was there trying to get my life together, I was a leader in church and all, girl. Um, I was at school one day and a guy invited me to his room and everything was cool. I was like, okay, let me, let me go. A guy invited me to his room. Now, if you ask me, oh, some guy invited me to his room, I will obviously tell you don't be going to no guy's room, but I don't know why I thought that I could body it and go to this man's room and nothing will happen. So one minute we watching movies, the next minute we laying in the bed. I was like, wait, how did I, <laughs> how did I get here? And I was sitting there, the Holy Spirit, he's so good. The Holy Spirit was like, Teresa, get yourself up. The thing is, I went to York University and I, the man lived on campus. So we was in the village and I bust home at that time because I went to York University and I was like, like the Holy Spirit is talking to me and I told you guys the way me and the Holy Spirit talk is a little different he doesn't go Teresa please please get up it's not right he's like girl are you mad like listen you live all the way in Brampton you have a two-hour bus ride and you up here laying under the covers with some man what are you doing like get up <laughs> get up and I was sitting there like oh my god I was like yeah I gotta get up so me I'm trying to tell the guy like you know I don't think it's going like I you know I just went to an encounter I know you don't no give no no cares about Jesus but I do so I need to go like <laughs> he was like no 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 you know girls like they just get to talking talking sweet to you i'm telling you guys i was saved i had just come from encounter i was a leader in church life was popping for me i'm there professing the name of the lord and here i am kissing on a man i was like oh my god Teresa, you are <laughs> a mess um and I got out the situation, nothing happened. Actually, God got me out the situation because something was really about to happen because at that point, I just gave up. I surrendered. He, he, like, he went to go put on his, his protection. And I said, well, I tried God. And then all we hear is a knock on the door. Boom, boom. 
boom, boom. And it's his residence advisor wanted to ask him a question. I said, the Lord, the Lord save me. I'm telling you, some of us, the Lord said, I'm only going to let you do it one time and you coming back. So the Lord saved me. Um, and I thought after that, on my bus ride home, obviously, I was thinking, I was like, Teresa, how did you almost allow that to happen? How did you really almost allow that to happen? But I thought, you know, it's nothing. Two weeks later, not that guy, another guy. Honestly, guys, I know it sounds like I've been through a lot of guys, but I can't help it if I'm fine. So two weeks later, another guy, he doesn't ask me to to come to his room because at that point I know that ain't no rooms. But he says he's going to drive me home because he lives in Brampton as well. I was like, oh, bless. He says he's going to drive me home. We driving, you know, there's traffic, Toronto to Brampton, mad traffic. We just talking. We get hungry. We say we're going to go get ice cream. I, well, ice cream is my weakness. Like, I love ice cream. I feel like the devil has used ice cream to get me to the wrong places at the wrong time too many times in life. I think I need to cut ice cream out of my diet for real. Anyways, he said we're going to get some ice cream. We went to go get some ice cream. We're there eating up on our ice cream and again, again. One minute we eat an ice cream and the next minute we in the back seat. How do you jet from the front to the back? Like, child, <laughs> I've been through a lot. My university experience is not like y'all's. I'm telling you, I've been through a lot. And that, that was a second moment of weakness where almost again, but I, I just, ooh, I had to jump out the car. I was like, now nah, I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. And uh, I, I opened up to my mentor and told her about it after that, you know, two, twice already in two weeks, I've almost slipped. And that was when she started teaching me and talking to me about lust. And, and I realized that, damn, the spirit of lust is really trying to come for your girl. And that's when I began to be intentional about it. So fast forward, here we are five, almost six years into the walk. Do I still struggle with lust? Yes. Every single day, um, like daily. Um, I think it's because my daddy was a cheater because, uh, leave me alone, bro, but we'll get into that. And, um, yeah, I do struggle with less on a daily basis, but I have definitely, um, what is it? Increased my resistance and increased my resistance and, and, and just move smart now when I do stuff. So yeah, that's where my last journey started. And I think um, the a lot of people, a lot of Christians, they shy away from discussing their struggles with lust. And I, I always told myself that, and I always told myself, and I always told God that if if I'm going to do this, like if, if you want me to be a minister, if, if I'm going to be a minister of your word, I want to be a transparent one because the thing that pushed me away from church for so long was the fact that people were not transparent. The, I felt alienated and that I felt like what I went through, nobody else went through. Not knowing that literally everybody goes through what I go through, was going through it, but nobody was talking about it. So the deeper I got into the things of God and the more I, I, I got into and the more I, I got into church community and getting to know church people and meeting other transparent people, I realized that, wow, we all a mess. We're all murked. So why don't we talk about our murkness and help each other? So, um, yeah, that's why I, I, I guess the Holy Spirit let me, led me to share that. Um, but the thing is nobody talks about lust and that is why I really, 
I, I believe God put it on my heart to talk about in this series. So I think the first thing we need to discuss is the difference between sexual desire and lust. I told you on the introduction that God created us to be sexual. You know me, I will always bring you facts. So let's open our Bibles. All right, so you can open up Genesis and we can start from either chapter one, chapter two, or chapter three, to be honest, because he made them, he said, the Bible says in chapter one, verses what, 26, let us make mankind according to our image, our likeness, and let them have dominion. He created man in his own image, told them to be fruitful and multiply. He created them and told them to go have sex. Next, um, number two, what is it called? Chapter two, or it's not chapter two, it's chapter three. He created them and they were both naked and not ashamed. Yeah, so there's emotion attached to nakedness. He let them be naked. Like he wanted them to just be seeing everything, all bits and parts dripping up, all bits and parts hanging out. Like, come on. Like he just wanted us to be sexual. And I think, not I think, God actually um, created us as people that crave intimacy. He created us as people that crave to be intimate. So you find that in every person's life, whether they're babies, child, like a stage at every person's life, no matter what stage they are in life, people always want to be connected. You find, like even if you look at little kids, when they feel out of place at school, they'll come home and they'll they'll be crying like, oh, I don't have any friends and da-da-da. A baby always wants to be near their mother or father, like that place of, of belonging, that place of, of, of protection. Um, even in your adolescence, you know, you, you, you don't want to do life alone. You get to a point where you're just like, oh, damn, like I need, I want to settle down. I want to, we just are people that, as people, we've just been created to crave intimacy, to crave um, dependability, to crave protection through another person. That's that's how we've been created. And then we can do some science and do XY chromosomes and all of this and our sexual biological thing, but I'm not a science major, so just go figure it out yourself. But trust me, the facts are there. So we we have been created to be sexual. So that's what he, he wanted us to do. We're supposed to be fruitful and multiply. That is our purpose our utmost purpose as the purpose of marriage as purpose of mankind purpose of man and woman to be fruitful and multiply to have sex and fill the earth and have dominion over it so we are naturally it's in our dna it's in our thing to it's in our dna to be to be um sexual when it comes to sex understand that god created sex yes he did ain't he good Ain't he good? I think because he wants us to marry forever. He said, if I'm going to lock you to a person for the rest of your life, I'm going to give you something that makes it feel like the first time every day. Ain't he good? Always praise him. God created sex. Yeah, I think he felt like if I'm going to lock you down to one person for the rest of your life, I'm going to have to give you something that makes it fresh, that makes it feel like it's the first day y'all just met every single time. So he's like, I'm going to just give y'all sex. God created sex. So sex is not a bad thing, but God created sex in the constraints of marriage. Sex is created by God and was created by God to be enjoyed in marriage. That's it. Like, there's so many arguments. I'm not here to argue with you. I'm not, you can message me about it. I probably won't reply, to be honest. That one, I'm not, I'm not going there. It's for marriage. Thanks. Um, but sexual desires are normal. They happen to both men and women. I did a survey recently. I'm actually going to read out the survey results. I did a survey recently on my Instagram. Y'all know how I do about what y'all think. Does one person suffer more from less than another, one gender, sorry, suffer more 
that from less than another and everybody definitely said one gender more i didn't ask them what gender but i'm sure we all can agree that everyone thinks males suffer from lust more than females that is not true we are all filth but we all suffer we all are tempted we all experience sexual desire if you don't experience sexual desire you should probably get that checked because something wrong with you but um yeah we are all victims we are all participants we are all partakers of experiencing sexual desire now where where people get confused is they feel like them having sexual desires is lust having sexual desire being attracted to someone having a sexual thought when you're saved does not mean you are lustful it means you are human for example Y'all know these saved boys don't be doing anything right. So if a young man shows up to midnight prayer in his gray sweatpants and you just happen to be greeting him and you see or you feel or whatever the case is and you have a sexual thought, my sis, you're not lustful. You good. You good, sis. Trust me, you good. Vice versa on the same thing with men. The problem arises when you are controlled, when that desire is corrupted or perverted, because again, lust is a controlling spirit under the strong man of perversion. Many Christians think having sexual desire, having sexual thoughts means that they're lustful. Every once in a while, you might have a sexual thought. You might have a sexual desire because you're human. It, it means you're human. But once that happens, your role as a believer now is to be on guard. Your role as a believer now is to fight for your mind. You know that, you know, you are a sexual being. You know that you're prone to sexual thoughts. You're prone to sexual desire. But you need to be intentional about making sure that you suppress that. You suppress those desires, you suppress those feelings, and you don't allow them to take control or move to sin. You're supposed to cast down those thoughts. You're supposed to replace those thoughts. You're supposed to suppress those. I don't know if suppress is the right word, but you're supposed to make sure that those thoughts don't, don't, don't gain roots. You cast them down, you cut them out, and you let them go before they become anything, before they're conceived into sin. Again, we'll get into that. That, that is something that I think we need to make sure is clear. Just because you have sexual desire, sexual urges, sexual temptation, a sexual thought, whatever it may be, does not mean you have lust, does not mean you're not saved, does not mean there's something wrong with me. It means that you're working, you're, you're, all your parts are working and everything is, is perfectly fine. You will, you will, you will, as long as you are living and everything is working properly, have sexual desire. Okay. Lust is uncontrolled or corrupted desire. I've told you guys before that the enemy tried to pervert everything that God intended. So because, so because God created love in a romantic and erotic way, eros love, the enemy perverted love with lust. He created sex to be used in love, in marriage. The enemy perverted it to be used out of love, out of marriage, in lust. So the clearest, the easiest way to differentiate love from lust is to understand what love is and to look at the complete opposite. And that would be lust. 
So Paul, our homie, who really just wanted us to be so equipped on this walk of faith, tried his best to summarize what love is in 1 Corinthians. And I think we should turn to it just for the sake of 1 Corinthians. Yeah, I think we should turn to it just for the sake of context. 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Nope, 4. 13, 4. Yes, I still got it, man. I still got it. Anyways, 1 Corinthians 13, 4. The Bible reads, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, love does not parade itself, it is not puffed up, it does not behave rudely, it does not seek its own, it is not provoked, it thinks no evil, it does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But but, so Paul tried um, in his best to summarize what love is, and um, just based on what is written here, here that is truth of what love is because Satan is messed up. He perverted it. So love is patient. Love is kind. Lust is, um, what's the opposite of patient? Rash? Fast? Jesus. Ruffle? <laughs> what is the opposite? Love is whatever the opposite of patient is and not kind. Um, lust is, sorry, whatever the opposite of patient is and not kind. Love does not envy. So lust envies. Love does not parade itself or is not puffed up. So lust is prideful. Lust, love does not behave rudely. Lust does. Love does not seek its own. Like it's not selfish. Lust is. Love is not provoked and it thinks no evil. Lust is like that's the, there you go. And I know, and I hope as I'm, as I'm, I'm reading it, you guys are thinking of some stuff and, 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 and bring being brought be it, and it's being bought, brought to your remembrance of times that you may have thought you were in love, but you were in lust. So those that is the the easiest and the the quickest way to sort of differentiate love and lust. But 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 lust is so much deeper than just not being patient, not being kind, parading itself. Lust is a spirit, a demon that has been sent to hinder God's people. Um, the spirit of lust is strong. It operates in, in a crazy way. The spirit of lust falls upon a person like a blanket or a cloak and, and it departs at any time. You know, you know, demons, they can lay dormant. They could, they come and leave. You know, the Bible says when an unspirited, when an unclean spirit goes out for a man, go, comes out from a man, it comes back with seven other people that shows us that spirits can leave and come back. Like they, they might be there, but then they'll just off it for a bit go have a little party chill with the homies and be like oh guess what i got i got this fire little body that we can torment and they bring all their friends together so we know that spirits come and go we know that they can rest upon you and depart the spirit of lust does that often the spirit of lust will come upon a person and sit upon them and the person will be operating under it and then it will leave and and that is the back and forth in many relationships that we call inconsistency but it's actually the spirit of lust because it's perverting love, right? So I'm a, so I'm gonna hit you with some Bible because I mean it don't it, there's no point <laughs> we don't do the Bible that could just be saying anything. So um I've been studying this for the past two weeks and um I want to share with you the story of Amnon and Tamar and it's found in Second Samuel chapter thirteen verses one to fifteen. And the story is simple. David, the king, you know my babes. David has kids and their kid his kids are there and he has kids and his oldest son, his first son and oldest son, I believe. 
is it Abbas Mom or Amnon? I think Amnon is the oldest. Is Amnon and he's oh don't quote me though. It's either Abbas or Amnon, but I'm pretty sure it's 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 Amnon, but don't quote me. Anyways, Amnon is twenty two and his half sister is named Tamar and she's fifteen years old. She's his half sister and Abbasalam's full sister. So so Amnon twenty two is in love hmm, with his fifteen year old sister. Tamar it's he's he's he the bible I want you to read it so I'm not I'm you know me I want you to read it so I'm not gonna tell you what happened I'm not gonna tell you word for word but just a brief summary but but just a brief summary Amnon falls in love with his half-sister Tamar and the bible says he he becomes so in love with her that he makes himself physically sick because he knows that she's a virgin she's ready for marriage and he can't touch her he starts to become physically sick he's so consumed with thoughts of her he's he becomes sick along comes his cousin Jonadab who says listen you're the king's son you can have everything you want why are you gonna kill yourself go get the girl I'm gonna give you a plan who gives him a plan on what to do long story short Amnon rapes his half-sister Tamar go read it it's interesting I'm telling you the bible is like an African movie there's so much mix-up um so the bible says that um the Bible says that Amnon loved his sister, but he didn't actually love his sister. He lusted his sister. Does that mean that the Bible is wrong, child? I don't know. But, um, you know, when they, they translate the words, because it's in a different language, it may, the person that was translating, King James, I don't know if King James is the actual person that translated. I think it's just the name of the version. But the person that translate, they either translate word for word or thought for thought. So in many times they will translate what the thought behind the word was, behind the actual word, whatever language it was written in, Greek, Hebrew, Latin, we all know. But um, the person that was translated, they either translate word for word or thought for thought. So it may be presented to us as loved, but the actual, in actual context, this is a story of lust. Obviously, it's a story of lust because why would you fall for your half-sister? So Amnon lusted his sister. So when we talk about lust, we see it in the Bible. But when we talk about lust, you have to understand that lust is um, at an emotion, lust is, is a spirit that attacks the flesh, the lust of the flesh, as the Bible describes it, it it's demon driven and it aims to gratify the flesh. We know as believers that we are to aim to gratify and to aim to build our spirit man. We know that we are tripart beings. We are body, soul, spirit. Our spirit is obviously the closest part to God and the part that we should aim to build and be most like our flesh stands as our flesh and our soul stands in the middle. Our soul is where our emotion and our will lies. It is driven by selfish desire and it works hand in hand with our flesh, right? So the lust of the flesh is demon driven and it will try to do everything it can to get you to gratify your flesh. The three main um, manifestations or streams of flesh gratification are money, power or fame, and sex. Now, the spirit of lust, the first time we see it in the Bible is in Genesis. Um, Genesis, the serpent introduced lust in Genesis through Eve as Eve saw the fruit and the Bible says she saw that it was desirable and pleasing to the eye. That's lust of the eyes. 
she she was also told that it would make her wise um and like god so that was where the power fame sort of thing comes in and so she ate it that was gratifying the flesh she was given a command not to eat the fruit she was not told why she was simply given a command do not eat this fruit but she saw with her eyes that it was pleasing and good to eat that is gratifying her flesh so that was when lust was first introduced to us in the bible that's the lust of the eyes again the mainstreams are money pain their money fame and power and sex but obviously there are many different ways in which and, and there are many different ways in which lust can be manifested now sex is good it gratifies what the flesh money is good but what does it gratify? The flesh. You really don't need money to get to heaven. It's not by force. Money would make your life easier on earth, which is gratifying the flesh. So all these things gratify the flesh. And that is how Satan uses those main three things that obviously millennials battle with the most to bring us into subjection to him through the spirit of lust. Now, Satan corrupts. His main job is to corrupt. He perverts and corrupts everything that God intended. So corrupted desire. We, we already spoke and said that sexual desire is a good thing. It's normal. It's fine. But corrupted desire will put you in bondage and perversion. Normal sexual desire, being aroused, being sexually excited by someone is fine. But you end up in bondage and perversion when it takes over you, when you fall for your half-sister, when it forces you to, when it rules you, when it, it governs you, when when it, it, it consumes you. I don't know if I should go here, but oh, I'm gonna go here. Something like prostitution or stripping or whatever be it. Many people will argue, well, people need to do what they need to do for money. Yes, that is the bait of Satan. I told you, money, fame, and sex. So he will get you operating under the spirit of lust, thinking that you're selling your body just for money, but uh, that's a part of the plan, baby girl. So that's the... So those, so those are all different areas of perversion and bondage that are used to hinder God's people, whether you're a believer or not, we're all God's people. So those are all different avenues that are used. So it's up to us to be intentional, not to fall into the temptation of lust of the eyes, something as simple as, like I said, Eve seeing fruit that was desirable for her, for her flesh, even though it goes against what God has told her, not to fall into lust of the eyes, not to fall into uh, lust of money, the lust of fame, and of course, the lust of sex. The spirit of lust. All right. The, the spirit of lust is not moved by conviction. And that little story I just told y'all, both of them, um, and both times the Holy Spirit was talking to me, telling me, that, oh no, you're not supposed to do this, you're not supposed to do this. The spirit of lust is not moved by conviction. It, 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 
doesn't care. <laughs> it, it gets what it wants. It does what it wants. It does what it wants because it's popping. It's not popping, but like it does what it wants. Nobody tells it what to do. It's all about gratifying the flesh and it will not stop till it gets what it wants. If you look in the, the story, the biblical story, I told you, go read it. It's real good. Um, um, uh, Amnon, he, he, he had a moment of conviction, a moment um, he had a moment of conviction, but it was quickly overshadowed as soon as his friend told him he could get whatever he wants because he's the king. Conviction did not tell him, no, I can't get whatever I want. Conviction did not tell him, no, this is my sister. He, The only thing that was holding him back was the fact that she was a virgin. It wasn't even one of those things where it was really like, oh, I, I don't want to do it because her well-being. She's a young girl. She's a virgin. She might get hurt. Like, oh, that's my sister. It was just one of those where, oh, she's ready for marriage, so like I can get caught. <laughs> but, um... Uh, the, the spirit of lust does not, is not moved by conviction and, 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 and where the Holy Spirit will come through and talk to you. The spirit of lust does not do that. It's a self gratifying spirit. Remember, it's all about gratifying the flesh. So we will do whatever it can to gratify the flesh. That is why Paul tells us in first Corinthians, I don't know the scripture right now that he brings his flesh into subjection lest he falls uh you, you have to as believers it's our mandate to bring our flesh into subjection because if you think about it we already said well, we are body soul and spirit our flesh and our soul work together if our soul tells our flesh to do something it will do it whatever we feel wherever our will is whatever we want to do whatever how, however we want to gratify ourselves that is where sin is conceived or whatever um, self-gratifying desires we have will conceive sin and cause our flesh to, to operate. It's our spirit that is just fighting to come through. So Paul says he brings his flesh into subjection. And that's what we do whenever we fast and things like that. That is training our flesh that you will obey me. You will not rule me. That is training your soul that you will not rule me. You will not tell me what to do. I am submitted to my spirit. So I bring you into subjection so that you listen to me. I don't listen to you. That sort of thing. So so just the sidebar, um, you find that people that fast are have more control of their flesh. So if you find yourself a slave to your flesh, you, you do what you don't want to do and the things you want to do, you don't do. Like Paul said, um, try fasting. That is training your flesh to obey you, not you being led by your flesh. Now, when you look at the spirit of lusts, one thing to understand about the spirit of lust is that it is strong. It is stronger than you. It is stronger. I will say it again. It is stronger than you. I don't care how long you've been in ministry. I don't care what pulpit you have. I don't care what title you have. I don't care who you think you are. The spirit of lust is stronger than you. Trying to fight the spirit of lust is like walking up an escalator that is going down like you might get a few steps but eventually you're gonna trip because nah <laughs> and by fight I mean not being intentional about you know casting down thoughts and and making sure that desire isn't um, conceived in sin um, just just thinking that you can body it just just making stupid decisions just going to people's rooms just thinking oh I'm, I'm a man or a woman of God so it can't touch me that that empty pride is what I mean by fight People like you lust, <laughs> you know what lust does? People, people spend money on sex. Like, okay, <laughs> like take it in. People 
the sex industry is booming. People know, like, you know, strippers and stuff, they be paying their bills. Like, they don't have our type of problems. They pay their bills and buy houses and do all that. That people spend money on sex. People travel miles and miles. People will fly escorts to Maldives and Dubai for sex. Okay? People travel. They spend money. They... Lust overtakes a person. It's one of those things where nothing, they will stop at nothing to get what they want. And that's what I'm trying to drill into you. So to help you understand what the spirit of lust is and how it operates. So you can, um, you know, recognize it in your life and obviously take the steps to rectify it, it it's like a snowball effect it starts small it starts with a thought here and there and it, it grows and it grows and it grows that's why you need to make sure when those thoughts come you cancel it right away you nip it at the root so it doesn't have time to grow it overtakes a person to the point where there is nothing nothing will stand between it amnon physically became sick the bible says because he could not have his sister people spend thousands of dollars they travel to all these places just so that they can get sex that is what lust does it, it overtakes you love is not like that it should not overtake a person you may be really super in love with someone but come on like you know what i mean so that is a clear, a clear distinction and a clear, um, what is it called? Symptom, a, uh, identifier, indicator of someone that is dealing with lust. Like they must have it. And another thing that I want to, to, to bring to your attention is that if you read the story, the Bible says as soon as Amnon had finished raping Tamar, he hated her more than he had loved her. Read the story, please. The spirit of lust, another indicator, another symptom, another operative of the spirit of lust is just that. It becomes a person... A, pers a person literally becomes so obsessed with getting whatever it is that they get. And once they get it, they're no longer interested. So many times, girls, we know this one, a guy will be sweating you, chasing you. And then as soon as he gets you, he's no longer interested. Lust. That is the spirit of lust. He will be chasing you because it comes up because it, it falls upon a person. Like I told you, like a blanket, it falls upon somebody or it comes upon someone. It sits on them and then it departs. So it'll cause a person to do the most to get you. It will, it will make them physically sick. They will be so consumed with you. Oh my gosh, baby. I love you so much. I can't, I can't live without you. I just want you. I did it. And all all of that I need you I need you and they will want you so bad and they will tell you all those sweet things and and as soon as they get you whether it's you sleep with them or whatever all of a sudden they all die all those things all that love all that all of it is gone because they're they're done with you all they wanted was to gratify their flesh and they've gratified their flesh whether it's your attention that they want your your destiny because they sent from the enemy your well, maybe they were supposed to uh, you know distract you from somebody else and whatever it is that they came for the ones that that is fulfilled they don't want you anymore so i know ladies we know this it happens all the time like you'd be like oh this guy was sweating me all of a sudden he just fell off lust it's not like he you think that the man loves you he lusts you the spirit of lust was on him it 
got what it wanted. Satan used the spirit of lust to, to send him to you so that it would distract you from your real destiny partner or he used the spirit of lust so that you will be so consumed with him that you will be offset from your destiny to take you off course or whatever that you were supposed to lay hold of or whatever blessing you were supposed to walk into. Satan sent a little man that was there to occupy your attention, to text you, to call you, to be up all your phone so you think, oh yes. And as soon as you missed out on what God had set up, Satan said, I'm gonna take this, <laughs> I'm gonna take this cloak off the man's eyes and the man don't even see you anymore. It's like, were well, you not the same person that was sweating me 20 minutes ago? Yes, lust. He ain't love you. Lust. That is what lust does. I got um, a message. I, I got a message from a young lady uh, this week. And she was telling me about, you know, this guy that's trying to move to her and try to talk to her. And, um, like, he's, 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 he, he, that she likes him and she, he likes her and that everything is perfect. But the thing is, like, he, he says he can't be in a relationship and she's trying to maintain her holiness her purity whatever and she he says he can't be in a relationship with a girl and not have sex with her and she's like oh you know like I feel like just giving up right now like it's so hard to maintain your your purity and and what if you know like he's the one and what if you know like this could actually be it and also like it like like guys don't even want to like um what you call it guys don't even want to be in a relationship with girls these days if they can't have sex it's like I'm really trying but like really like can you really like not have sex and I told her like you know yeah girl you can't like you can't but you know as I was meditating and praying on it and studying like that right there that that is a prime example of lust that is what Satan will do Satan will send somebody that like this girl is really trying to get her purity together like that's her weak point and she that's what she's trying to do she's trying to get her purity together what you mean the perfect guy is gonna come along everything you've been asking for he goes to church and all he's tall he's fine he likes you for you you guys have great conversation and all that and then the one area that he can't compromise is sex that's it that is that right there that is what we call the Jezebel spirit manifesting in a man but that right there is what we call the spirit of lust. That is how Satan will put the spirit of the cloak of lust upon a person for them to say that I can't be with you and not have sex with you. Oh, I love you, but I can't be with you and not have sex with you. When was sex a determinant for love? Like when? When? I'll wait. Eve stepped on the scene. Her and Adam ain't even have sex yet. And already he was proclaiming that that was bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Or not. Jacob worked 14 years for a girl he did not have sex with. I don't even think they kissed. He did not have 14 years he physically worked. Not to talk about the spiritual work, but 14 years he physically labored for a girl that he did not have sex with. When was sex a determinant for love? Like, I no. So the fact that a man can even say, oh, I love you, or I want you, I need you so bad, or I love that, that, all that sweet thing. You know, girls, we are moved by what we hear. So guys will say all these sweet things, and you'll be like, oh, you'll be falling for it. That's what happened to me. You'll be falling for it, but they can't respect the fact that you're abstaining. They can't respect the fact that you don't want to have sex. That's not love. That is lust in its full form. Ah, so many times we find ourselves in situations that are full of lust and we convince ourselves or we're tricked into thinking that it's love. Like personally, there have been so many, you all heard how many stories I had, instances where I've been in something with someone and it was um, lust driven and lust built and I thought it was love. 
But I now now I don't know about y'all, but um, I've been in a relationship where I've been cheated on, and hold on, let me close my window. All right, I don't know about y'all, but I've been in a relationship where I've been cheated on, and when I was in the relationship, um, it was obviously a lust, uh, it was obviously a lustful relationship, a relationship filled with lust, um, and not love. But um, when I was in the relationship. Um, I noticed things. I noticed red flags. You know, girls, we always see the red flags, but we just like, oh, I love the man so much. And one of the things that used to really bother me, one of the things that like I couldn't wrap my mind around was that like he would, he, he, he obviously had a major lust problem. So he would be like liking girls pictures on Instagram and we would even be walking like in the mall or walking to school or whatever it was. And you could see him literally fighting not to look when a girl was walking by, like not to look at her butt, not to look at her and things like that. And it used to grind my gears. Like it used to blow me to the point where like, oh my gosh, I would get so mad. Obviously, because that's a disrespect thing and also like you're with a man you don't want him looking at another girl but um I didn't really understand like I told you I didn't know I wasn't like too deep into the things of God then so I wasn't like researching I wasn't studying um anything or I wasn't studying anything and I didn't understand the spirit of lust how it operates or anything like that but um I, I didn't understand like how this man could look at me and tell me he loves me and his, his actions oh my god like jeez I didn't understand how this man could look at me and tell me that he loves me and um, his actions would even sh um, show me, quote unquote, that he loves me, but he would be so driven by lust. Like, why wasn't I enough? And I'm, I've never been the type of person that um, has a wandering eye. Like, I'm the type, like, if I like you, I like you. And that's it. Like, I don't want anybody else. I just want you. So it, I didn't really understand it. So I know I know there's a big debate in culture and in society about uh, if love and lust can exist and if somebody um, cheats on you, if they really love you or not. Um, to be honest, my opinion, um, I know it's unpopular, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyways. My opinion, I do think that people can love you and cheat on you. I do. Why? Because of the <clears throat> research that I've done and understanding the spirit of lust, like the spirit of lust comes upon a person, right? Like the spirit of lust will drive you to want more. It'll drive you to greed. It will drive you to never be satisfied. I think that those people have just not died to self. And yes, they do love their partners. Yes, they do want to be with their partners, but they see something and they want it and they must have it. They haven't died to self. They haven't disciplined them themselves. They haven't disciplined their flesh to be able to say no. And that's why they'll cheat on their partners, but they, they swear up and down that they love the person that they're with. I do think that they do love the person that they're with. They're just never satisfied like you know when you watch Maury and you are not the father and all that stuff you see these people crying like literally crying when their people when their partners want to leave them when they're caught cheating or cheaters or any of those crazy ratchet shows they, these people you see big grown men and women crying when their partners are leaving them I do believe that they actually love the people that they're with I just feel like the spirit of lust on them is so strong to the point where they don't they're in bondage they're bond they're slaves to the spirit that they 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 cannot say no so they'll do whatever they can to get what they want and gratify their flesh even at the expense of a relationship so yes I do think that um you can love someone and 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 still um 
what was I talking about? I, what, how do I say it? I do still, I do think, yes, you can love your partner, love someone and, and, and fall into lust. I mean, that's what lust is, right? Lust aims to pervert what God intends. And that's why we need to be so intentional about um, fighting this thing. And one of the reasons that I'm even saying that and sharing that is because, you know, I've been a side chick before. I'm be honestly, I'm be totally honest with you. Like I've been a side chick before. I've been with a cheating man before when I knew that he was cheating. I've been like, I've been in every situation that you can possibly imagine. So that's why when people tell me now, like you're too hard on guys, no, I'm not. Trust me. I've been through everything. So I know what I want and I'm not going to settle for less. <laughs> so, um, but I'm not going to settle for less than that. But, um, like, I, I think it's really important that we also look into ourselves. And we talked about that last episode, um, in the episode about marriage and why aren't I married? You, we, we need to, I, I feel like self-reflection has died amongst many people. People are so quick and it's so easy to point out flaws in others, but we rarely do self-reflection on ourselves. And that's one of the things that I have made sure um, that I've constantly prayed about and worked on, like being satisfied, like just the Bible says the flesh will never be satisfied, but you literally have to bring your flesh into subjection. Like that's what marriage is, right? I remember, um, when back chat was hot, Lucas said something one time and he got a lot of backlash for it. Nobody agreed with him, but I felt that on a personal level. So I was just quiet on Twitter because child, I understood what he was saying. He said, um, like if I'm with you, they were having a debate about um, cheating, obviously. And he was saying, there's a million and one girls better than you, but I choose you. So you're my missus. And I just thought that was so sexy because y'all know I'd be loving them suave men. Like what you mean? I'm your missus. <laughs> Anyways, um, um, I just, uh, but I felt him on a personal level because like that is what marriage is. Granted, there will always be someone better looking. There will always be someone better for you. There will always be someone that can do more for you. There will always, like there's so many people in the world. You mean to tell me there's no one that's better than your partner? Yes, there's obviously someone that's better. Bodies change, people change, people grow. Like there will always be someone more qualified or better for you. But marriage is, I choose you despite. That is what marriage is. I'm committed admitting to you despite what you lack, despite your flaws. It's I'm, it's, I understand. And I see something in you. I'm so attracted to the anointing on your life. I look deeper than money. I look deeper than fame and power. I look deeper than sexual uh, desire and attraction. And I, and I connect to your anointing because I know that what's in you and what's in me, if joined together, can do something great for the kingdom of God and for the world. So I bring my flesh into subjection that yes, even though there's someone that looks better, even though that's someone that can do more, there's someone that can do more for me, even though there's someone that's richer, even though there's someone that's taller, I'm not even going to lie, God is still working on me on that one because the height thing is... But even though there's someone that has a better body, someone that has full abs, someone that whatever, I choose you because I know that destiny is the most important thing. So that is something that I think everybody needs to work on and look within themselves because there will always be someone better. And that's how lust, that's how lust will sneak up on you. That's why I get so mad when guys try to do this or I'm talking to different girls. And that's why I put that in the survey when I'm talking, I'm talking to multiple different people just to see who I want, because then you'll never settle down because there'll always be someone better. You will never be satisfied because there will always be someone better. So it's not about, I'm talking to many different people to see what I want. 
want. I just want to see what's out there. I'm trying to see what's the best for me. There will always be someone better. That that, that that's not a, a that's not an adequate. That's not a smart or wise way to pick a partner. It's so much deeper than what is on the exterior because, like, facts is there will always be someone better. So, um, those are that is something to look at to to. That is something to look at because it's a gateway for the enemy to bring lust into your life and with those little sneaky comparisons. There's some sneaky lust, y'all. Y'all gotta be real, real careful. But yeah, I want to talk about um, the purpose because everything has a purpose, right? And um, and as I studied and as I read, if you turn your Bible to James chapter 1 verses 14 to 15, you will see there... Um, so beautifully put the purpose of lust and what it is meant to do to a believer or to God's people. James chapter 1 verse 14 and 15. The Bible reads, but each one is tempted. Actually, I'm actually going to go to 13. Let no one say when he is tempted. So that shows us that we will be tempted let no one say when he is tempted so right already right there we're being told that we will be tempted let no one say when he is tempted i am tempted by god for god cannot be tempted by evil nor does he himself tempt anyone but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed then when desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death so the purpose of lust and the spirit of perversion and all that is death really satan just be trying to kill us all off but the purpose of it is death so james here is telling us that yes you will be tempted but when you're tempted don't blame god because it's not of god that you are tempted i'm gonna read verse 15 again when desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death so lust has a womb your desire will be conceived which is normal but in between the conception and the delivery, you must abort the desire. That is where the intentionality of the believer comes in. In between the conception and the delivery, you must abort the desire. That is where the intentionality of the believer comes in against fighting against lust. The desire will come. The temptation will come. The urge will come. The thought will come. But you must abort that desire before you must abort that desire because desire is conceived and it will begin to grow and grow and grow till it gives birth to sin and it will grow and grow and eventually it will lead to death. So it's on, so the onus is on us to make sure in between the conception and the delivery that you're aborting the desire of lust. You are not stronger than lust. The Bible tells us to flee from sexual immorality. To flee. That means run. You know, the same Bible tells us that we should resist the devil, that we should withstand, that we should embrace temptation, that we should that we should not waver in faith, that we should speak to mountains and they will move. But what does it say about sexual immorality? Run. Because you are not strong enough to battle that. 
It's telling you to resist the devil. That means withstand. That means wrestle against flesh. What is the what does Paul say? We do not wrestle against flesh. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against evil principalities, spiritual wickedness, rulers, and all that fun stuff in Ephesians 6. But it's telling us to run from sexual immorality because it is stronger than you. And this is where we fall short because we feel like if we already have the the desire if we already have the 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 whatever we like if we already have the desire we already have the urges we've already lost the battle but in between the conception and the delivery you can abort just like a woman when she is implemented with a seed Come on, I can preach a sermon out of anything. When she is, when a seed is put into her, a seed from a man or a seed from the enemy. So let's make the seed lust is inputted into your mind. You can choose to have the baby in nine months. It don't take that long for lust though. Or you can choose to abort the baby, right? The same way lust works in a believer's life. You can choose to deliver and have and you can choose to deliver and sin or you can choose to abort the desire the sexual urge i mean look at joseph joseph ran from potiphar's wife did he stay there no he ran he he would rather go to jail than defile himself and defile Potiphar's wife. Because the Bible says when you lust, you sin against yourself. Any sin of sexual immorality is not just a sin against the other person, a sin against God, but a sin against yourself. So Joseph ran. He physically ran to the point where he was able to be framed and go to jail just so that he didn't commit sexual sin against himself. It is not a sin to be tempted. Please don't feel like it is a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to fall into temptation. The thought is not the sin. The act is. Men are moved by what they see. So naturally, if you see a a voluptuous female, if you see a curvy female, you may have a thought. It's not a sin to have the thought. It's a sin when that thought becomes corrupted, when you begin to undress her with your eyes, when you begin to to, to, to vividly imagine the sex, when you, you begin to, to yearn and long for the sex. That is when it becomes a sin. Lust is simply the perverted manifestation of love. So... Many times the the enemy will send counterfeits filled with lust and pretend that it's love and we fall into all these temptations and desires and we fall slaves to these things when the, its purpose and its intent is death. Satan hates your marriage. If you're married, Satan hates your marriage. If you're unmarried, he doesn't want you to meet your destiny partner. He doesn't want you to fulfill purpose. He hates your marriage before you're even married because he knows that perfect will means purpose. He doesn't want that for you. So in marriage, you will suffer from lust because he wants to break up your marriage because he hates your marriage. Before your marriage, you may suffer from lust because like he's just going to throw lust at you to offset you, to bring you to a place of death all the time. Everything that Satan 
Satan does is to bring to a place of death. Satan hates you and don't ever, 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 ever get it twisted and think that that's your friend, the serpent that was Eve's friend and that was trying to help her out. The fruit's gonna make you more like God. Well, who said that? A preacher said that. <laughs> I don't remember who it is, but a preacher I was listening to said that, that the serpent pretended to be Eve's friend and said, oh, the fruit's gonna make you more like God. And then when she got in trouble, where's the serpent? He was gone. <laughs> I was dying of laughter, but it's so true. Satan hates you. All he wants is for you to be out of the will of God because that will lead you to destruction and that will lead you to death. So please don't ever play like Satan is your friend. Lust is a battle. It's something that everyone experiences, but we can fight it. And definitely in other episodes, we're going to get into it. Um, I have a lot, like I said, the Lord has been speaking so much. There's so many things I want to talk to you guys about lust. I want to talk about generational curses. I want to talk about soul ties, about sexual demons, about the spirit of perversion and, and, and uh, deeper. I want to talk about breaking and resisting the, the spirit of lust. So I hope you guys enjoyed this first episode. I hope it got you thinking of a lot of things. I hope it planted a seed. I hope it, it's stirring up some stuff. You, I really want to give you homework. I've never done that before, but um, I want to give you homework today that as you listened or as you listened, to please take the time to spend time with the Holy Spirit, to spend time in reflection, thinking of a relationship you may be in that may be um, lustful, thinking about a relationship you were in that was lustful, that you may have res- re- re- that you may have um, uh, mistaken for love, and see how you can improve and resist and not fall into those same tricks. Um, as you move further along. Also, I want you to reflect in your own life, um, the areas in where you gratify flesh, the areas in where you lust for the eyes and the areas where Satan can use lust to trip you up. Um, remember that lust is a self-gratifying, demon-driven spirit. So it, 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 it aims to get you to gratify above all the flesh so please 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 take a look into your life and see i've been doing it lately and i've seen how i operate lustful and how lust is operating in my life just by really taking the time to reflect and not just think sexually but think in areas and places that i gratify the flesh um in relation to money in relation to fame or power in relation to sex well i'm not having sex but you know what i mean um, and just lust of the eyes, the same with Eve. That one really, um, spoke to me, but, um, I'll just give you a, a quick example just so you understand better. Like I used to be so obsessed with looking at statistics. Like every time I would post and I would even post it on my Insta story and none of y'all stop me. Y'all are not real friends. I would even post it on my Insta story. Oh my gosh, look how many views I got. Look at this country. Look at this country. And I first, and, and granted I had just first started, so I was very excited, but I was so obsessed with how many views I was getting like every day the numbers would climb and I would get a thousand I would get uh I would get like a 500 then 800 then a thousand I'm like oh my gosh like oh my gosh so many people are listening to me but and that 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 is uh that is uh, an, an area where lust can take over because what? who cares how many people are listening? Did God tell you to do a podcast or not? Maybe one person are listening. One, maybe one person is listening. Maybe five people are listening. Maybe a thousand people are listening. It doesn't matter. It's not about the numbers. What matters is that you're obeying and you're stepping and you're walking in the will of God. So I literally had to stop. Like now I don't look at numbers at all. I don't care if somebody listens. I don't know if anybody listened until they message me and say, wow, I really like that episode. So like, 
keep doing that. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, unless until I get a message saying that they 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 liked it, I don't know what happened because I had to literally stop or else I was it was it was just it was becoming a lust for fame. Oh my gosh, like it's expanding my name, Teresa Adjaman. Like so, those that's what I mean by taking time to reflect and to look into your life at where lust can enter or where lust has entered or where Satan can use to trip you up. You will never be the enemy's food. We stay two steps ahead. That is the privilege of being a believer. Yes, temptation will come. Yes, weapons will form, but none of them will ever prosper. Keep it lit. Thank you.